This message comes from NPR sponsor Podium. Did you know that 97% of text messages get opened and 90% are opened in less than three minutes? Why aren't you texting your customers already? Go to Podium.com to learn how to turn your landline into a textable number. We're back at the old church. Yes, we are. Our spot. Yes. And Anna's with us. I am. Thank you. We missed you last night. We we picked an amazing spot last night, Anne. It was by a beautiful green dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) So this is day... Two. two, okay, yeah, it's hard hard to think that it's uh it's about two thirty in the morning. The day for I think all of us kicked off with uh, Bruce Springsteen's keynote. Incredible, address. incredible! I thought. What'd you guys think? You were the only one I think who got to hear all of it because we were at the parish. Oh, that's right. So. That's right. So the Bruce Springsteen keynote kind of overlapped with the, our day party at the parish, and so I actually all I saw was Bruce Springsteen pulling out a guitar on your iPad screen. So, I, so that's all I saw. I'm sure it was great. My context is I tuned in off and on, and every time I tuned in, he said something amazing. Yeah, oh, I he, thought so too. He was, was like Professor Bruce. Totally so. Professor Bruce, and, I, and he won over every writer in the room because he referenced the great late critic Lester Bangs. But mostly he talked about his songwriting process and the artists who had inspired him, from Eric Burden to uh, Roy Orbison to, of course, Woody Guthrie. And... It was just the big picture from Bruce, and I just loved it. Plus, he was hilarious. And he mentioned Kiss three times. He wow. was hilarious. Uh, he, he had people laughing the minute he walked out on, on stage. and But just some just little little details. Like, uh, he said, you know, when I started playing, I had about 10 years of rock history to draw from. And he said, that's basically like all, all the kids making music now only using what has come out since 2002. Wow. And my favorite yeah. line, I think, is when he described doo-wop as the sound of bras snapping all across bras snapping America. And, and stockings rubbing <laughs> yeah. on, on couches. It was like sexy mode, Bruce, which yeah, you don't really see was. that often, you know? He talked about Lester Bangs. I think it was Lester Bing's quote about Elvis, yes. the, the last artist we'll all agree on, right? Exactly. And I thought that, that was very prophetic, too. He, he really just wrapped so much in into that speech about what's happening now in music with the way people are listening to music, the way we think about music, what it means to our, our personal lives, everything. But then he brought it to South by Southwest because he celebrated all the different styles of music and made this incredible rap going through genre names, including Nintendo Core, whatever... Yeah, Oh, that that maybe hilarious. That was brilliant. And yeah. said that he was going to go see some black death metal. Yeah, Lars Gottrich at home was very excited <laughs> about that. I and, saw that and, tweet. And we'll, we have that keynote address, which we webcast live, but we will uh, archive that. So It's already I, on the I, site now. That's fantastic. And I think, I'll say required listening. Yeah, I, absolutely. Gonna, I, yes. yeah. Once, I, I get, once I get home. <laughs> I, I have to say, when I heard that he was going to be the, do the keynote, I thought, oh, that's cool. What is he going to say? I yeah. know. Yeah. And... and what didn't he say? It, it really he, was brilliant. He really hit a home run. I thought. And, yeah. and I feel like, I, I mean, what's interesting is he may have been, he seemed a little nervous. Yeah. And up to the moment, uh, the he was introduced as doing an interview with Dave Marsh, his friend who's a, who's a longtime music writer. So I'm not sure if even when he walked out on that stage, he was absolutely sure he was going to go for it. <laughs> and it had the feeling of someone who was going for something he wasn't certain of. And how often do we see that from yeah. a star like Bruce Springsteen? Not that many decades into a career. I know. Yeah. And I'm not. And yeah, I'll toot our own horn because the, <laughs> mo- the, the one of the most amazing shows I saw was the beginning of our showcase, which was the band La Vida Bohème 
uh, from Caracas, Venezuela, and they came out, and I had this moment for me, because I'm, again, old enough to have seen The Clash when they did their first tour, and I had that moment, and it wasn't the musicality of what they were doing on stage, uh, four guys all sort of splattered in paint and yeah. in, in sort of white clothing, but it was both the power and there was an originality to it, even though it harkened back to The Clash. Uh, and when we came and did an interview, which we're going to put on with uh, Henry, the lead singer of the band, uh, I said that to him. I said, I had this moment, and he looked at me startled, and he said, our band was completely inspired by The Clash wow. and give him enough rope. But when they did their songs, another thing they did, they would go from song to song seamlessly, right. unlike... The Clash, or or almost every band on the planet, where you do a song, you stop, you tune, you do. Their momentum with electronica would kick in. It would be uh, spacey Pink Floyd almost. Wow. Uh, and I'm saying these as old reference points, but the music was completely new and fresh. Wow. Uh, so La Vida Bohème. Wow. Yeah. They tore it up too. It was loud, noisy. Well, there was a sense that it, there was a sense that we sort of were able to kick it off with a dance party, yeah. which is which is always exciting because you know we, we love a lot of these more you know somewhat textured kind of atmospheric kind of subtle you know as you listen to a lot of you know more and more music you you really stop and appreciate all these subtleties and everything. So to have a band that just come out and throw a dance party where yeah. they're splattered in paint with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> And then STS afterwards, I'm so sorry you missed. I, we, missed I'm very them, sad I did yeah. too. Sugar, Sugar Tongue Slim. Slim. <laughs> I just thought that was great fun. I mean, he was dropping f bombs left and right. We had <laughs> we were live on a number of NPR stations, and we had to bleep it. And our, our person who was in charge of that, her, she had a splint on her finger <laughs> when it was all done. I said, you ought to just lean on the button and just leave yeah. it in for the. But, Hell, but even so. She was exhausted. Even so, it was it was still it, it was never ugly, you know. Not it at was all. Just, it, not at all. It was it was just yeah. fun and funny and with, with I mean, a real rhythm section. I mean, it yeah. was. I mean, it was. It was definitely. It was definitely salty. Yeah. But but, <laughs> but he's but, a wordsmith. But, he, but he, you know? he he's he's oh, a yeah. veteran of poetry slams right. that really showed, and there was a sense of playfulness about him that was very mm. winning. Uh, you know, he, he kind of had this. He kind of had this almost, almost kind of a wink with the audience, where it was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to make you work as hard as I do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, and a strangely um, appropriate bridge between La Vida Bohème and and Polisa. Like it, it, did it didn't. Work. It didn't. It wasn't as jarring as you might have have, have thought it was. No, I was busy with Bruce Springsteen, but Polisa was a band I really wanted to see. They're one of the buzz bands down here. They're my oh wow band of the day. Wow. Actually, oh. I, for, for me, um, I mean, there's there are other shows that were amazing for sure, and we'll we'll talk about that. But just in terms of pure surprise, I, I just was not expecting to be as absolutely captivated by her performance, the band's performance. She just chewed that audience up. She 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 sort of has this rhythm when she moves on stage as though she's rapping. She kind of moves her head with the, you know, to the side as she's with she each, kind of, she with, kind of with each sli- sort of syllable, she's very slithery. She slinks around. Yeah, yeah. and the singer Cheney Moon Cassell, Al, she just so commanded that stage and that audience was absolutely locked in. I liked the way that you had two percussionists out of four members, so you had. It's not often that you can say, with with a, with a band that it, that that has two percussionists, that the music was spare. Yeah. Ah, that's nice. It was. I thought well, it was bold. It was huge. And there's sort of five members because the main person in that band is 
doesn't play in the group. So the main person, Ryan Olsen, from 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 gangs, uh, who's worked with Justin Vernon, sort of makes the songs and she comes in and sings them, and that's how they get produced. So he's sort of the a Brian Wilson person who doesn't tour with the group, and it's really interesting. And and talking with her, and again, we'll cut these interviews up, both with the one with with the La Vida Bohème and all of the ones we've done, but you'll hear her talk about the process and how really she's sort of still learning these songs. When they did the album, it was almost first takes. Well, I believe they recorded the album before they ever played a live show. Yeah. That's always one of the things that you worry about when, when you're kind of taken with a record, but there's not any kind of live track record. It takes time and chemistry yeah. and luck and to talent, put, and talent yeah. to put on a great live show, and I thought yeah. they did. Yeah. And Polisa has been thrust into the spotlight partly by Justin Vernon, who's been going around saying they're his favorite band. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't yeah, even heard that. Yeah, after when, in the, when he was busy winning his Grammys, he was <laughs> announcing that they were the, the new sensation, and I think that's part of the buzz down here. So you, have you not had a chance to see him at all yet, Not then? yet, but oh, I'm going to see him today. I've seen him three times today. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Thursday. <laughs> yeah. They actually wow. have showed up outside Bob's hotel. <laughs> after they them, posed uh, as maids. <laughs> after them, we had Lower Dins, and Twin Hand Movement, their record from a, a year or two ago, was my favorite record of that year. I think it was a 2000. And um, love the new one too, No Tropics. The band wasn't as happy with their performance as they wanted to be with uh, our show. I don't know what you guys thought, but they didn't get a, because we were running behind, they didn't have time to set up some of the electronics that they wanted to have going during the show. So it didn't quite have the energy that they wanted, but I thought they still. And they they did all new material, they did nothing from the first record. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Stephen Merritt and Magnetic Feels, we laughed. We cried. I, there are people weeping in the audience. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah there Openly were, weeping. Yeah. That was happening at the Springsteen keynote, too. This is such a weepy really? South by Southwest. There were people weeping at the Magnetic One of them. One. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that, Stephen. Black curly hair, we actually had to. Uh, we actually had to take out a, an extra rider on our insurance <laughs> to cover uh, any slippage that occurred <laughs> on the puddles of my tears <laughs> that had formed at my feet. They sort of closed their set with this one-two punch of it's only time and forever in a day. Oh, man. And I, and particularly during it's only time, I just absolutely, I was just standing there and like, you know. For people who don't know this song, from from the six, From 69 Love Songs. Right. And, and. Do you remember the lyric that I, might have turned I, I, I it got, in? I took a bunch of blows to the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sort of in that moment, it's one of these, you know, they played a bunch of songs from 69 Love Songs, which is a, I was surprised by how many. I thought they'd do uh, stick mostly to the new record. Well, I talked briefly to, to Stephen Merritt after their set, and the, he indicated that there were there was a lot of set changing right right at the because end. Because one of the singers lost her voice. Yeah, so so oh, okay. so he wound up singing a he wound up singing a lot more than I than, than he sings on the record on the new record, and so they wound up like I said throwing in a lot of songs from Six and Love songs, which are to me. We've talked. We've talked about standards before, Absolutely. and I think of the a lot of American standards. I think a lot of a lot of songs from that that record in particular as new American standards didn't do nothing matters. Nothing matters when we're dancing. Which, but they did do Andrew and Drag from the new one, which was wonderful. Time enough for rocking when you're old. To, when we're old. To, and and you know the the new record uh, Love at the Bottom of the Sea is a very you know it's kind of a return to their synthy. Synthy right. sound and Their a lot classic of, sound. and a lot of these you know short kind of two minute trifles about mm. minor concerns yeah and this was a very warm set it had an you know, acoustic mm. guitar and it was mm. it did not there you know there were little elements of electronics here and there but it was primarily 
an acoustic set. Huh. And so, but it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was one of my, one of my favorite. I mean, well, I burst into tears. It's well, one of my favorite things I saw today. I mean, Stephen Merritt is such an adept, deft lyricist, and he's such a wit, and he does write such funny songs, but then he'll just take you to this melancholy place, this place of, of loneliness that's so deep it becomes poetic. And I think that's what we love about him and what makes us cry when we hear those great magnetic field songs and it's, the, it's the sucker punches mm. yeah and it works so well because he sets you up because he's so droll and, and funny exactly uh, while doing the other at the same time yeah. right yeah what did everybody do after our show? So, so Anne, did you uh, did you see any did you see any concerts? Well, you know, there was this guy. I've mentioned him a couple times already. So, Bruce Springsteen played a full-on arena rock size concert in the Moody Theater where they film Austin City Limits, and I mean, what can I say? Was it good? <laughs> As I tweeted. It's church, it's temple, it's the open road, it's every ritual you ever love. You're together with your best friends who are perfect strangers. It's a gigantic it's, pile of hyperbole. Oh, come take my hand, I'm riding out tonight to meet the promised land. It was yeah, that. Yeah, I mean otherwise. <laughs> and you know what? Springsteen is in freaking good shape. That guy jumped in the crowd so much, he actually crowd surfed. He wasn't just, I know what? he gets in the crowd a lot, but he was flat on his back. Yeah. Held up by the wow. crowd. I know it was insane. Speaking so, of yeah. being held up by the crowd, uh, <laughs> Stephen spent a little time in a mosh pit tonight. Did you? I uh, yeah. Well, Robin, what did you tweet earlier? <laughs> Stephen said he's like, I'm pushing forty. I've got two kids. I should not have been in that mosh pit. <laughs> I took. You walked up. You looked so shell shocked. Took one for the what team. <laughs> who's whose mosh pit were you in? Andrew WK. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and I've talked, you know, on this podcast about spiritual obligations. <laughs> Certain artists you've seen before that you that your soul obligates you to see again and again, and I closed out the night by just barging, you know, headlong into the throngs uh, at Andrew WK, who played a lot of songs from his classic album "I Get Wet," which is one of my yeah. favorite. It was really one of my favorite albums from of all I time. I get wet. From I get wet, party till you puke. <laughs> there, uh, for those who haven't heard "I Get Wet," um, three sample song titles. Uh, party hard, party till you puke. It's time to party. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's like Springsteen esque, only a little different. But just, but you know, and he's got all these like amazing, like 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 guys from Obituary and all these like really super accomplished players behind him. Wow! And it, it's just awesome. You know, he's this total force of nature. I don't know when or if he ever sleeps. <laughs> and, uh, and and his messages are positive, really. I he's mean. he's an incredibly he's an incredibly positive guy. He gives he he's a motivational speaker I on know. the side. I've seen his motivational speeches. They're Absolutely. very motivational. So, you know, I've always I've tried many times to sort of bring NPR and Andrew WK together. You know, had him come in for a tiny desk concert at once. I've tried to launch the Twitter hashtag NPRD hard. <laughs> so what before uh, Andrew WK though? So before Andrew WK, I was trying for a while to do three bands an hour. I decided that I was nice. really going to go in and graze, 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 and you know, I mean, obviously you lower the chances that you're going to be hypnotized by something, but you want to try to catch a moment and a sense, sort of the way Bob will shoot his one-minute videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did fulfill my South by Se Secret Santa obligation to Ann yes. Powers, Yay. and I saw ZZ Ward. Um, I, sh I just caught the last song of her set. Big big belting soulful 
voice. I mean, she definitely has star quality in her vocals. And what she really has is a great, great band. Oh. One of the best drummers I've seen at South by Southwest this year, which is which is saying something. Been... I've seen some good drummers. Definitely. When I first saw the name ZZ Ward in the list of artists, <laughs> I said, please be... ZZ top songs as sung by M. M. Ward, but someone imitating M. Ward or M. Ward songs performed as ZZ top. Performed, but That's what I would different. like to see. I would yeah. like to see M. Ward songs performed by ZZ top. But instead, she's a, a Oregon hippie chick doing basically R&B and doing it really well. Yeah, and she certainly has that kind of, you know, kind of that that throwback, that throwback barefoot Janis Joplin-y kind of throaty belting vocals, which you know that kind of blues rock sound is not necessarily my wheelhouse. But I, she's very, she's a very compelling performer, and like I said, that band could take her, could take her far. And, she, and she's super. Ta- I mean, she's talented enough to. It's a good combination. Awesome. Good band. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I caught little bits and pieces here and there. I mean, this band, We Are Augustine. Speaking of Springsteen, <laughs> you know, we're sort of, sort of these like. Maritime anthems. Yes, I know um, you love maritime. Them. I love, I love a good maritime anthem. It reminded me a little bit of Titus Andronicus. Oh, you know, the, the kind of the open road, the open sea. Uh, but you know, they were they were terrific. I never miss Sarah Siskind if I if at all possible. And she just has this gorgeous, piercing voice that just guts you. She's she's wonderful. I saw the Bar Brothers. In, Aren't they in, great? In a church, reminded me a lot of like Josh Ritter, yeah, with with a little bit more kind of kind of atmosphere, you know, interesting atmospheric instrumentation around him. And I know you guys are going to want to talk about Patrick Watson. Yeah, we'll get there, I think. So we'll table Patrick Watson, but uh, also caught uh, uh, speaking of spiritual obligations, an acoustic set by Not a Surf, wow. which is just one of the most heartwarming, lovable bands uh, on planet Earth. I, I, I so would have loved to have seen that. Just. I mean, those guys, you know, they, they just have the, the energy and the heart of, you know, of just of just these young pups, but they've been at it for 20 years. Right. And their, their stuff is so generous in spirit that you just can't help but just sort of swell up when you when you see them perform. And I've, I've seen them a bunch of times, and I've loved them every time. And Stephen, you had such an emotional day. I did, I did. Well, you know, I'm... And then got beat on the head. So <laughs> I took a lot of blows to the head You went from weeping tonight. at Magnet... And this is, doesn't this perfectly capture South By? You went from weeping at the magnetic fields to being jostled, you know, beaten in a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. Even, even better, even better, as I was about to walk into the club to get beaten in a mosh pit I high-fived Laura Gibson (laughs) (laughs) who was just leaving the mosh pit yeah (laughs) Yeah, imagine Laura (laughs) I saw the uh, Spoke Mathambo which um, they were an hour late which was very frustrating because I want they were one I wanted to see a big long setup because their music is just all over the map they were an hour late which made it hard but they they came out in these well they came out in regular street clothes but dressed on stage into these Sergeant Pepper looking outfits <laughs> if they were made in South Africa. Wow. And then they came out and did these songs that went everywhere from movements of the temptations to, uh, you know, these uh, incredible guitar things, uh, almost Hendrix-like at, at, at times. Boy, I got to see them. I have to see more of them. They're fantastic. It was not at all like the record, huh. Father Creeper, which is a new record. They're full of so many kinds of music. And there was a big South African crowd there, wow, and a lot of dance party going on. Uh, and then, uh, within within the span of forty five minutes, I saw a South African band, 
a Swedish uh, me- doom metal band, uh, Shining. Was oh. Bruce Springsteen there? <laughs> <laughs> Could have invited him. And then saw from Sweden, I saw the, uh, Taken by Trees, who haven't done anything in ages. One of my favorite albums of two years ago, was it three two years three. ago? Yeah, yeah, it might have been three now. Uh, new songs, a uh, whole different feel, because the last record they did was uh, with a whole bunch of Pakistani musicians. And wow. this was almost had a reggae feel at times, Weird. right? Yeah. And then um, saw this group, Bam Bam. A, uh, they're from Monterey, but a very Mexican rock band that sounded like if television, the band Television, were from Mexico. Oh, so cool. And fantastic, really little nice pop songs with biting guitar. Bob, you had the day that I hope to have tomorrow. Just music from all over the world. That's yeah. what I love about South by Southwest. It's really funny because Bob actually hopes to spend tomorrow watching Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to quickly mention that I did see several artists tonight because Bruce Springsteen did bring out Jimmy Cliff to perform three songs. Oh, wow. Eric Burden, who he had How talked he about. Up? Well, he's not in the greatest voice, but he's got that spit and vinegar of a... Of an old British guy, you know, and he he, he, he was got an old there. British guy when he was a young British guy too. In 1965, <laughs> Eric Burden uh, and the Animals had a slew of hits that were very influential to someone like Springsteen. Absolutely, and the joy on it was just interesting to see Bruce Springsteen being in wonder of his influences, you yeah. know. Absolutely. And in the end, he brought out the members of the Low Anthem and Regine and Will from Arcade Fire to join in This Land is Your Land, and that was just a family moment, That's of a course. full meal. Yeah. You, you had a full meal today. <laughs> yeah. I did. So what about you, Robin? Uh, well, I knew all the bands I saw tonight, um, but I'd never seen any of them before. I finally got to see Little Scream, Laurel Springlemeyer, oh, this cool. uh, band from Montreal, they played at the church. I thought it was a wonderful show. I ran from that to go see Hospitality. I'm very reluctant to. to we use talked the, a little about Hospitality yeah, we did. last I'm night. I'm very reluctant to use the word disappointed. I was a little surprised by the performance, only because the songs are so great. When I shut my eyes and listened to the music, it was perfect. But Amber Papini, the the singer, just is a little disengaged from it. She seemed like a little removed, you know, a little bored. And, and to give. Anybody will cut slack to any musician that plays here. It could have been show four of the day. It could yeah. have been exactly. Right. And I did as I was watching him. I thought she's tired. They are yeah. still. A, they are still a band to admire and, and to watch. Absolutely. Uh, well, and and obviously, you know, a lot of these bands. Not to go around making a whole bunch of excuses for bands we like, <laughs> because we do like hospitality. Very few of these bands get a chance to really sound check. They're kind of shuttled in and out, right. like super, super yeah. quickly, you know, because obviously you can't spend 45 minutes goofing off between sets. Right. So, so and, you know, and, and sometimes the sound is terrible, sometimes the venues are terrible, you know, so it's. You that know. couple across the way is having a really good time. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, over by my hotel, they the probably Sheraton, came from Bruce. It's like, it's like Make Out Corner by the Sheraton. If you'd like to see more couples like that, Bob, come on by my hotel. What are you, what are you saying, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> we can wait until Land and Stephen. <laughs> Um, and then I ran from seeing Hospitality. I went to see Exit Music. I love their record right now. Put them on the show before. I was standing two feet away from uh, the lead singer, who's uh, Alexa Palladino, and absolutely mesmerized. You were there, Bob. Yeah. It was a great show. There was a good NPR music turnout there. Uh, Mike yeah. Katzif was there. Absolutely. Eleanor Kagan was there. And I did a little reading afterwards. I don't know how I ever missed this before. She's an actress. And she not only is an actress, but is an actress on a show I'm so into, Boardwalk Empire. What's her role? She, she plays Angela Darmody on Boardwalk Empire. Oh my goodness. And I don't know how I missed that before, but 
whatever. She's in a band, and exit music is awesome. Does she have that cute little uh, flapper bob? In no, she doesn't. I thought that's why I didn't recognize her. And there's also her. nothing cute about the band. It no, was raw power. She had these sort of diamond earrings, a black uh, dress, evening dress on, and it was the the room was very dark. The music was just this drone of noise. Wow. I think awesome. I need to face the other direction. <laughs> Uh-oh. I will say. I will say there was one. Robin's now on the right hand. There was one funny moment. I think they walked out of seeing the dream here in the church. They had a little R&B love king action, and now they're feeling it. I'll wait for the motorcycle to go by so they can cut this some more easy. I will say there was one funny moment. Uh, I had also forgotten that the guitarist and the singer in Exit Music are married. And there was one little moment where she's trying to sing and the mic stand keeps kind of slowly falling down. (laughs) And he sort of, he reaches over quickly and... Futzes with it and pushes it back up for her, and I said, "God, they're like a married couple." And I was like, "Oh yeah, they are married." There's just that little moment. But I have to say, by far the uh, most profound moment of the day was seeing Patrick Watson. Stephen, I know you're there for at least part of the show, and Bob, you you stayed through the end, it was which you never do, right? I love. I love <laughs> South by Southwest. I love if I can if there's a show at the end of the night where you just sit. Yeah. And in the church, either St. David's or in the Central Presbyterian Church. One of the most amazing, beautiful things I've ever seen in my life, wow. hands down. Yeah. I know that sounds like I'm overstating it, but I will say, at one I point, I support you. At one point, he uh, he brought the band out into the audience to sing unmiked. And it was just this joyful romp of a sing-along song. And at one point, and I'm getting choked up watching. I just, oh, wow. right I just burst into tears. Because oh. I started thinking about my kid. And I thought, this is the world I want him to inherit. Wow. It was the most beautiful thing. I thought, you know, Bob joked beforehand. He's like, oh, I feel free. You're leaving this beautiful kid. And you're coming. And you're going to be around all these puking hipster <laughs> people for a whole, whole week. And I was like, you know what? Just seeing that, seeing Patrick Watson and that moment when he came out into the audience, and it then they, just overwhelmed me. And I was basically crying through the second half of the show, just wow. watching them. I felt the same so way beautiful. after I took a, a boot to the head. <laughs> <laughs> and in that Patrick Watson set, because what Patrick Watson is really good at is starting a song he thinks a pretty damn good song and just making it better wow. and better and better. And he took that so. segment of this band in the audience and they slowly walk to the stage uh, and then they flesh it out on all electric, yeah. on all drums. And you just, when you thought it couldn't get any more amazing, And I'll also say that what's something very important about his music that also got me very emotional and you think, about, oh, this is the world I want my kid to inherit, is I want to believe in a world where magic actually exists. Yes. And there is so much magic wrapped up in his music. I just, it's magical. Yeah. And, and you just feel like it's from the past, sure. from the future. You know, well, vo- I mean, that voice was made to be heard in the church too. Oh, Definitely, absolutely. And I, I didn't realize he was as young as he is. I don't, I don't know if anyone knows how old he, but he's much younger than I thought from listening to the records. So, maybe a, thir- a young thirty-something, twenty-something. Well, I guess is uh, you're probably going to hear a little bit more of Patrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, we we, we, we have we, a concert video that you recorded I rec- uh, years ago up in, I went to New York with a couple of cameras and recorded them at WNYC but th- that's but archived on the NPR website if people want to check out Patrick Watson's music I mean, and, those are gorgeous and, uh, and for his new record which comes out at the top of May we've already invited him to a Tiny Desk concert there were a couple I was going to go see Screaming Females at 2.30 oh, I love them but actually after the Patrick Watson I said I'm in I'm done, You're done. I I've got to end on that else. note yeah.
Yeah. That is a perfect note to end on. And perfect well, note to end this on, I think. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Have a little faith. There's magic in the night, as, oh, as Bruce you, Springsteen said to me tonight personally. Pinch <laughs> oh. <laughs> me, I'm dreaming. Did he, did he say you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right? <laughs> oh, he always says that. <laughs> but that's all right with me. <laughs> when it's time to party, we will party. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. See you tomorrow. Ha, ha, ha.